It's time for the podcast that features two guys that register on the Richter scale when they go up and down the stairs. It's the Morning Five, sponsored by the Parian Lawyers. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <gasps> His ability to suck in these balls. <gasps> Sounds like a case of the Mondays. Grab your balls. <gasps> When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Good morning, West Georgia! And welcome into the Morning 5 Podcast. Today is Monday, October 2nd. First Monday of October. We've made it to October. I can't believe it. We are in the month of Halloween. I've already seen everybody's Halloween decorations going up all around the neighborhood and people getting their Halloween costumes ready and their fall stuff. It's crazy. Uh, What's even crazier is this past weekend, it didn't even feel like fall. It felt like summer out there. I mean, I I went running on Friday and I got a little bit of a tan when I got back. Saturday when we were out there at the football game, I mean, I was pouring sweat. And just like that, October is here, and man, fall weather is coming this week because I think the high this week is mostly like in the high 70s. I don't even, I don't even really think it's going to get up to 80. Uh, the high on Saturday is like 69, <laughs> 69. Uh, so we f- we flip over to October, and it like instantly feels uh, like fall. Yeah, the high, the high Saturday, Sunday, and Monday this pe- this weekend it's going to be in the 60s, the high 60s. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, today is also National Fried Scallops Day. Uh, I'm not a big fan of fried scallops. I've had them a few times, and there's just not a lot of taste to them. Not a big fan of fried scallops. Maybe the way I had them, it wasn't prepared the best way, but I am not a big fan of fried scallops. I, I will definitely leave those uh, and not order them if they're on the menu. Not one of my top. Not one of my top foods. Uh, Braves lose two of the three games in the final set of the year against the Nationals. Uh, on Friday night, Braves fall 10-6. Acuna, Pilar, Albies, Olsen, and Rosario all with RBIs. Andrew Winans went five and a third, gave up six earned runs, and struck out two. On Saturday, Braves win 5-3. to three. Ozuna with a three RBIs. Ozuna had a big weekend this weekend. Albies and Riley all added in an RBI piece as well. Strider looked okay after the first inning. Uh, Strider went five innings, gave up three earned runs, and struck out seven. All of those earned runs for Strider were all in the first inning. Uh, The the Nationals had a big first inning, and I got terrified that Strider was about to give up 175 runs. Uh, But he settled down. He settled down after that and uh, got through five and didn't allow another run the rest of the game or the rest of the time he was in. So good job by Spencer Strider of settling down. Uh, and the Braves fall on Sunday, ten to nine. They battled back the entire night. I thought we were gonna, I thought we were gonna get the Nationals there um, at the end, but I just, I mean, you can't can't give up three runs. I mean, Michael Tonkin gave up three runs in the ninth inning. It just awful, awful, horrible pitching. Uh, Ozuna with four RBIs. He had seven RBIs in the weekend. Marcelo Ozuna had an absolute weekend, and hopefully that hot streak carries over to the um, to the playoffs. Olsen and uh, Harris both had two RBIs apiece. RC added in an RBI. Dylan Dodd got the start on Sunday, went six innings, gave up nine hits, five earned runs, and only struck out one. They were absolutely tattooing Dylan Dodd. Uh, This weekend, we didn't throw our our best starting pitching out there by any stretch of the imagination. Spencer Strider that went on Saturday was the only guy that you're probably going to see in the playoffs starting. 
Uh, Andrew Widens and Dylan Dodd, I would assume you will not see in the playoffs. I would assume you would not see them start in the playoffs, but uh, we'll see what happens with um, with Uncle Chuck and and or he's he's going to be out for the NL the NL NLDS. So we'll see what our rotation is going to look like when the NLDS rolls around. Uh, we will either be facing the Marlins, or the Phillies. The winner of that series will move on to face the Braves in the NLDS. Uh, Braves have home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs, so that's a great thing. Uh, the 2023 Braves tied the 2019 Astros with a 124 WRC plus and have the highest team slugging in, mo- in the modern era. Uh, the Braves also tied the major league record for most home runs by one team in, in one season. Uh, and we missed being the, I think, the best record in Braves history is 106. We missed that by two games. Uh, we will have the um, the over-under. You know, Billy and I did the over-under on the Braves uh, before the season started. We will have that rundown for you tomorrow. And I looked at it a couple weeks ago, and I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but I am like 90% sure that Billy went perfect on his Braves over-under this year. I think he nailed every Braves over-under we had. I think we had like six or seven, and I think Billy is like 6-0 and or 7-0, and or if he just missed one, he just missed one. But I, I think he is going to go perfect in the Braves over-under. The Braves have a five days off. They don't start the NLDS until October 7th, and I just I don't understand why we have so many days. Uh, why do we have a day in between games? Why do we play game one on the seventh and then game two on the ninth? We don't change cities like Saturday. It should be a Saturday, Sunday. We, we start on the seventh. We play on the eighth. The ninth is a travel day. Play 10th and 11th away. And then 12th is a travel day. And then 13th, we wrap up on that Friday night. I don't understand it. I don't know why we have a day in between on uh, games that we don't switch cities. Like, why are Why? Why are we doing this? I, don't, I just don't understand it. But October 7th and October 9th, home games for the Braves. Right now, you can get into the Saturday game for 90 bucks. Uh, the Monday game will set you back about $50 uh, to get into that game. So Braves, NLDS, I'll be here next week, man. I will either face the Phillies or the Marlins. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to face the Phillies. We have such a... I don't know. I just we, I have a bad taste in my mouth every time we face the Phillies in the first round of the playoffs. Every single year, every single year. Uh, but the Braves make it to the uh, to the postseason wrap up home field throughout the entire postseason NLCS, NLDS, World Series, and we will face either the Marlins or the Phillies Saturday, October second or seventh uh, for the opening opening game of the NLDS. Over the weekend, UGA beats Auburn 27-21 in an absolute nail-biter. Carson Beck, 23 for 33, 313 yards, one tutty, and one INT. Juan Edwards had 19 carries for 76 yards and two tuds. Brock Bowers, Auburn seemed like they forgot that Brock Bowers played for the Bulldogs the later that game went on. Brock Bowers had eight receptions for 157 yards and one touchdown. I don't know if this is true, but it seemed like all 157 of those yards came in the second half, and it looked like Auburn completely forgot that they were supposed to be covering Brock Bowers in the second half. Like, it was, they just completely ignored Brock Bowers. He was wide open on some plays, and, you know, we had uh, we had our TM5 get-together at Sissy's up there, and we had, we had a bunch of people. It was awesome. 
it was a great get together. Thank you to everybody that came out and supported Billy and I up there. Uh, we had a really good time, but it was, it kind of blew my mind how Auburn just sort of forgot that Brock Bowers existed and the fact that he wasn't on, you know, I, I, it seemed like Auburn forgot that he was on the roster. Like they forgot that Brock Bowers is arguably the best football player in college football, for sure. The best tight end, like he was, he was wide open on some of those routes. And I'm like, how's it the one person like force somebody else to beat you like force McConkey or Edwards or, or I, anybody be, bell, like if force anybody to beat you other than Brock Bowers, I mean, he is the, he's the Travis Kelsey for the, for the Georgia Bulldogs. Like, how do you forget he's out there? How do you not have double coverage on that guy? Like Brock Bowers was single covered a lot of times and other times he was wide open. So uh, yeah, Brock Bowers is an absolute dude. He's the one guy on Georgia. I would make sure I have covered on every single play because he is a monster. He is an absolute monster. I know there's been a lot of talk out there uh, about Mike Bobo uh, and his play offensive play calling. It wasn't great. It, it wasn't terribly imaginative. It was pretty boring at times, and I, I don't I don't blame Georgia fans for being a little pissed off at the play calling. But at the end of the day, you went into Auburn, one of the biggest rivalries in all of college football. It's the oldest rivalry in the South. Auburn's not a great team, but they're not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. You went into their you went into their house, three thirty start SEC game. And you came out with a win. You came out with a win. I know Georgia didn't look as good as they probably wanted to. The line was 14. They won by seven. Uh, but they're they're still undefeated. They're still number one in the nation. And you know how rivalry games are. I don't care if you win a rivalry game by one point or 100 points. You win. A win's a win. It still counts the exact same in, in the record books. So 27 to 20, Bulldogs come out victorious over the Auburn Tigers. Uh, who do they play this weekend? Let's see. For some reason, I think they have a bye week. Uh, nope, they play. They're at home versus Kentucky. Kentucky's a good squad, but they should. Uh, Georgia should handle Kentucky pretty, pretty easily, I would think. Uh, so, congratulations to the Bulldogs. Uh, Falcons. They travel over to London and lose to the Jaguars, twenty-three to seven. That was one of the worst games I've seen the Falcons play in a couple years. I think that I think the game this past weekend was worse than any game I saw them play last year, and they were pretty terrible last year. It it looked awful. It looked really, really awful. 23-7. to seven, uh, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, didn't do anything absolutely special. Had 207 yards and one tutty. No interceptions. Uh, Travis Etienne just kind of kept churning, man. 55 yards on 20 carries. I I, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with Desmond Ritter. I don't, Desmond Ritter's not the answer. I, I really think we got to go look at Tyler, Taylor Haneke. Ritter, Ritter looked terrible. He just looked terrible. The play calling was super simplistic. It was screens and checkdowns and dump offs. Ritter went 19 for 31, 191 yards, one tutty, and two INTs, was sacked four times, and he had a QBR of 10.7. A QBR of 10.7. And for reference, Trevor Lawrence didn't have a phenomenal game. 23 for 30, 207 yards, one tutty, no interceptions. It's a good game. It's a good game. It's not a phenomenal game. It's not an insane, amazing game. But it's a good game. Solid game. His QBR was 78. Trevor Lawrence's QBR was 68 points higher than Desmond Ritter's. I'm a big Desmond Ritter fan, and I feel like I've I've defended him for long enough. It something has to change. You've got to bring in Taylor Heineke. You either got to bring in Taylor Heineke or you got to trade for a quarterback. 
because Desmond Ritter is not it. The Falcons with a middle-of-the-road quarterback, just a middle-of-the-road top-20 quarterback in the NFL is a division-winning team, I think. I think they'll win the South with a middle-of-the-road quarterback. They will not win the South this year with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. He just he, He's not it. And I feel like, well, what we see him four, four games last year and four games this year, so we've seen him for eight games, roughly half a season. I don't feel like he is it. And I know they don't want to bench him. I know they don't want to have a quarterback change because they don't want to hurt his confidence or his swagger or whatever it is. It's the NFL. You're grown adults. Grow up. If you're not getting the work done, somebody else needs to come in. To hell with your confidence. To hell with, you know, your swagger. I don't understand why they keep running with Ritter. You got to bring in Tyler Heineke. You got to let you got to see what Heineke because we know what Heineke did in his past. He's a good quarterback. He's a middle of the road quarterback. I, I think I can safely say that I've I, I would expect more out of Heineke than I do Desmond Ritter at this point. I think he has a, a higher ceiling than Ritter does, and and a higher floor. You know what you're going to get out of Heineke, and I think you know what you're going to get out of out of Ritter now, and it's not good. It's poo. It's straight poo. Uh, B. John Robinson, 19 touches for 137 yards. That's more like it. That's more like it. That's what I want to see out of B. John Robinson. That's what I want to see out of the offense for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, B. John Robinson also, I forget what defender it was, but B. John Robinson also made a defender on the um, on the Jags look absolutely stupid. Broke his ankles. Uh, B. John's going to be a problem. B. John's going to be a problem in the NFL for a long time. That dude is an absolute stud. Uh, <laughs> we got to fix this. Pitts in London. And I don't know if this is Ritter or if this is the play calling or what it is. Kyle Pitts and Drake London combined for five receptions for 49 yards. What are we doing? Both of those guys were first round draft picks. I, I don't understand the way this Falcons team was built. They, they were like, oh yeah, we're a run first team. But then they draft Kyle Pitts and Drake London in, 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 the, in the first round of the top 10. If you're a run-first team, why did we not draft offensive linemen in the first round? I don't, I don't understand the lack of getting your best receivers and your best playmakers involved. Five receptions, forty-nine yards for Drake London and Kyle Pitts. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassingly low. Jonu Smith was the leading receiver, six receptions, ninety-five yards. Why is Jonu Smith getting more targets than Kyle Pitts? Why is that happening? Why is the playbook not drawn up so it's Bijan, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London? Those are your top three. And if Jono Smith or Mac Hollins or Tyler Algier just happens to be running around the flats, you can dump it off. But why do we have routes where Jono Smith is your number one option? Why is he getting more targets than Kyle Pitts? I don't understand the play calling, and I don't understand the mindset for the Atlanta Falcons right now. I feel like it is a, it is a boat without a rudder. It is a boat without a rudder, and the boat has three really strong engines. It has no rudder, and the guy who's the captain with the steering wheel is a buffoon, and he's blind. And that's Desmond Ritter. And and the rudderless boat is just not going anywhere fast, and they do not have a direction. It is a directionless team right now. So it it just you you got it. You got to try Heineke. You got to try Heineke at this point. You got to see what you got in Heineke, uh, and it might be terrible. 
It might be worse than Desmond Ritter. I don't know. I, I don't have that answer for you. It might be worse than Desmond Ritter. But Ritter's not the answer. Ritter's just not the answer. Uh, unfortunately, they play the Texans. I thought this was going to be a uh, an easy walkover win for the Falcons when the season started. They uh, they host the Texans, but the Texans, man, they're rolling. The past two games, Texans beat the Steelers thirty to six this past weekend, and they just beat the Jaguars two weekends ago, thirty seven to thirty seven. Uh, excuse me, thirty seven to seventeen. CJ Stride is looked like a dude out there for the Texans. So I thought this was going to be an easy win for the Falcons when the schedule first came out. Texans are good, man. Texans are legit good, and this is going to be a uh, this going to be a four quarter battle. Let's get over the Marine South scoreboard from this past weekend. Bunch of high school football around the area. Central beats Cedartown 35-21 in what I think might have been the region championship. I know Northwest Whitfield is a pretty good team as well in that region, but Cedartown was sort of the uh, the toast of the town in that region, and Central Central handled them. Central handled them 35-21. Good job from Central. Uh, Bowden absolutely destroys St. Francis 55-7. That's not the same St. Francis team as last year. That quarterback and I think like all of his offensive linemen all graduated. Uh, it's not the same St. Francis team uh, that rolled out last year that had like six eight three hundred fifty pound offensive linemen and stuff. It's a it's a little bit of different, a little bit younger St. Francis team. Bremen beats Ringgold thirty seven to twenty. Great win for Coach Rooster Russell. Another region win for uh, Coach Rooster out there, and uh, that's a that's a big one, man. That's a big one. Are they two in? I believe they're two and zero, three and zero, three and zero on the year in region play. I mean, wins against Gordon Lee, Ridgeland, and Ringgold. It's a great start. It's a great start from that Bremen team. They're gonna be good this year, man. They're gonna be really good. Temple beats Midtown forty to seven on homecoming. Good job for uh, for the Tigers to get back on the winning ways out there. I know Coach Corey Nix has been a little disheartened the past couple of weeks about the performance of his team and the outcome. Uh, good job to get back in the winning ways for the Temple Tigers. Villarica beats Lithia Springs 37-34 in an absolute barn burner. Back-to-back uh, weekends where Will Wallace scores a touchdown. You know, last weekend it was with no time left on the clock. This weekend, 42 seconds left on the clock. An insane game again. They were down 14-28 to at halftime. Battled back, showed a lot of grit and tenacity. Uh, Villarica goes 3-0 in the region playing as a bye this week. McIntosh beats Heard County 35 to 14. Once again, Heard County just going through an absolute gauntlet of a non-region schedule. McIntosh, really good team. They have a lot of good air raid stuff going on there. Mount Pisgah beats Mount Zion 31 to 21. Mount Zion still not in region play, still trying to figure some stuff out before they reach region play in a couple of weeks. And Harrelson County, they get a win this weekend. They beat Gordon Central 42 to 14. So congratulations to the Rebels out there in Harrelson County and getting their first win of the year. On the Smith's floor coverings, games and events calendar for tonight in softball, Bowden takes on Paulden County, Carrollton takes on Alexander, and Mount Zion takes on Hiram. All three of those games are at home for our local teams. Let's hit up another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strawn with Robert Goosby Real Estate Group. Mac Jones was pulled amid dismal game but remains the Patriots starter per Bill of Belichick. Mac Jones looked horrendous. The Dallas Cowboys absolutely smacked up on the Patriots. Mac Jones went 12 for 21, 150 yards, no tutties, and two INTs. Horrible game that he got pulled in, but his QBR was still higher than Desmond Ritter's QBR against the Jaguars. Former Red Sox knuckleballer Tim Wakefield passes away at the age of 57. 
Absolutely crazy, crazy thing. Uh, the Red Sox announced his death in a, a statement on Sunday. Wakefield had brain cancer, according to former teammate Kurt Schilling, who disclosed the illness on a podcast la- last week without Wakefield's consent. The Red Sox confirmed an illness at the time, but did not elaborate, saying Wakefield had requested privacy. So Kurt Schilling does Kurt Schilling things and is a douchebag once again and sort of releases that uh, that Tim Wakefield passed away from brain cancer. 57, man. That's so young. So T's and P's to his whole family and everybody that's uh, grieving around the uh, the Wakefield passing. Uh, the Bears told wide receiver Chase Claypool to miss the game after a healthy scratch. This has been... Dude, Chicago is one of the worst run franchises in all of Major League Sports. A spokesman, a spokesman for the Chicago Bears said that the wide receiver Chase Claypool was told not to attend Sunday's game against the Denver Broncos after being designated a healthy scratch. The Bears' messaging contradicts what Matt Eberflus said following Chicago's 31-28 loss when he confirmed that Claypool was not with the team at Soldier Field. We told him that it was a choice, and he's at home right now, Eberflus said. Sunday marked the third time that Claypool has been inactive since he was traded to the Bears in November of 2022, for the first time he missed a game for non-injury reasons. Matt Eberflus went on to say, when you look at activities or or actives and inactives every single week, what we do is we obviously evaluate meetings. We evaluate walkthroughs, we evaluate practices, and we do that every single week. And then we declare actives or inactives based on that. And this week, Claypool was inactive. One of the worst run franchises in all of Major League Sports. Any Major League Sports across the entire globe, the Bears are terrible. The Bears are awful. It's I I, I don't I don't understand what's going on. Uh, the warm up gear that hung in Claypool's Soldier Field locker appeared untouched following the contest, so he he wasn't there. He, Chase Claypool was not there. I I don't know what's going on up there. Justin Fields had a game though. They were they were a couple points away from actually winning. Justin Fields gave him a chance, but uh, they they fall short in the end. The Mets fire Buck Showalter after a disappointing season. You hate to see it. You really do. (laughs) Uh, The 67-year-old Showalter said before the 2023 finale against the Philadelphia Phillies that he will not return next year. And a few minutes later, the Mets announced the club had decided on the change. Oh, my God. What What a phenomenal mishandling of a roster. Highest paid roster of all time in MLB history and they don't even make the playoffs. Phenomenal. Great job. Great job out of Buck Walter and the Mets. And today in 1974, future baseball Hall of Famer right fielder Hank Aaron hits his final home run as a member of the Atlanta Braves in a 13 to nothing drumming of the Cincinnati Reds. Hank Aaron's 733rd career home run on his last National League at bat. For Billy Lindahl, I am Bryce Sparling. This has been the Morning 5 for Monday, October 2nd. Hopefully your weekend starts out good as well as your October. Stay with us all month, and we will have all the action here on the Morning 5. We will see you all tomorrow morning. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors! Just shake them! Shake your neighbors!